Welcome to You Relevant, the podcast that is all about helping you find relevance in the economy of now. My name is Mike Wheeler, and I'm an online instructor, entrepreneur, and cloud career coach. I gravitate towards tools and tech that enable you to create something new, advance your career, and find the intersection between attainable and essential. Irrelevant is sponsored by MikeWheelerMediaLive.com. If you are studying for your first Salesforce certification, I want to let you know about my live training option. I run a live Salesforce administrator training class three to four times a year. This is a live class that runs for nine weeks. And in this live setting, I cover the latest updates from Salesforce, and I'm also able to answer your questions live. So if you'd like to learn in a live group setting with greater interactivity, then go to MikeWheelerMediaLive.com. There you'll find schedule and pricing information and FAQ, and you can also register. Just go to MikeWheelerMediaLive.com for details. All right, so today I'm joined by someone that I know well. His name is Anthony Wheeler, my oldest son. And uh, so thank you, Anthony, for taking some time out of your day to uh, share your own Salesforce journey with me. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad to talk. It's kind of weird. You can call me dad, you can call me Mike, whatever. I can call you <laughs> son or Anthony or means or whatever. So, uh, so yeah, this kind dad. Of, <laughs> there you go. So this is uh, an honor for me because, you know, of course, I've known you since the day you were born and watched you grow up into a fine young man and a Salesforce professional <laughs> as well. And uh, as a father, I've never subscribed to the idea of forcing my kids to be like their father, but finding what they're good at and then just helping encourage them, encouraging them in that direction. So when I think back to your first professional forays or projects that you worked on with me, this really predates Salesforce. And so I wanna rewind to about 2009 or 2010, whenever I was out there selling Snuggies online as an affiliate marketer. And so can you, from your own perspective, as a very young man slash young child at that time, you're probably an early teenager, uh, I think the first projects I had you work on had to do with video editing, putting together some videos related to the Snuggie. What was your perspective during that time, and what did you learn from all that? Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to really go back here. Um, learn your dad is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I did, I... Uh, I do think it did legitimize for me at an early age how you can really make money doing anything. So you don't necessarily have to go in doing a traditional nine to five job. You can, there's lots of ways to make money online and do all sorts of other things as well. Um, and um, learned, definitely learned a lot from you at the time around uh, some of which makes more sense now that I'm older, but just about, about affiliate marketing and uh, just, we weren't full on doing web development, but how to, you know, make websites and how hosting and all that works. Just a bunch of little pieces that kind of help build a foundation for where I am today, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I think this has been, I guess, 11, 12 years ago. So you're very young yeah. at the time. And I know you didn't really understand why I was having you put together like music videos and slideshows and 
all that. And uh, a lot of it was about just finding what you were good at and what you weren't good at. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you early on were doing a lot of video editing. And now fast forward to current day, you're a Salesforce developer and your brother, Aaron, who's son number two in the Wheeler household. And for those watching at home that don't know our family story, we have six sons and then finally a daughter. And uh, so Anthony's the oldest, the firstborn, and then Aaron is a video editor, uh, second born. And so at some point, we started to figure out that you were probably more technical and not so much artistic as far as video editing goes. And so I think your first foray with development would be um, traced back to learning Scratch. Is that where it started for you? Yes, we had a uh, local friend who... um taught kind of an intro to development class at Vanderbilt University. It was uh, kind of kind enough to um, teach me and some of our local uh, friends at our homeschool co-op that uh, just, he got us uh, into uh, in kind of an introduction to development by doing uh, Scratch development, which uh, for those who don't know about Scratch, it's just a simple GUI editor interface that allows you to drag and drop different blocks and simulate uh, object-oriented development with different sprites and uh, and the GUI interface to do all your scripts and everything. So it's it teaches a lot of the kind of foundational concepts with software development. Okay. Kids. Yeah, I found Scratch fascinating as an adult, uh, kind of watching what you would do and your brothers were doing on that platform as far as being drag and drop and WYSIWYG and very visual to convey object-oriented principles. And so then after that, I know that the next step for you was learning some Java as far as some Java principles. And so I'm kind of leading up to, you know, talking about your own journey, but how that played into you finding your way into Salesforce. So learning Java, how closely or not so closely does that align with what you're doing now with Apex and Salesforce development? Yeah, so... um Java is actually the same person who taught us Scratch ended up teaching some of us uh, going like the next step and teaching us intro to Java. And a lot of that lines up pretty, it's almost identical to Salesforce outside of a few keywords and then uh, obviously some more of the CRM database type concepts. So it was really helpful to know Java going into Salesforce because then I was able to kind of just teach myself, just go look up how to do certain things in Apex and then just anytime you just run to a syntax error, just fix the syntax error. This is not the same as Apex. This is, or this is not the same as Java. This is uh, how you would do this in Apex. So pretty much almost identical. Just there's a couple small keyword changes. All right. So I've seen people out there like David Liu of SFDC 99 fame, who's more on the development side. I'm more known for teaching admins and beginners on how to learn the fundamentals of the platform. David is someone that really is uh, teaching people how to code. And he has mentioned and has suggested that people learn Java in order to learn Apex. So from your perspective, would you recommend that people learn Java before learning Apex or just diving into Apex and trying to learn it all from there? There's no right or wrong answer, just what, if you had it to do over again, as an adult now, what would you attempt? Um, If I were to do it over again, I would probably have gotten a little bit more familiar with object-oriented development outside of Salesforce first, Um, just because um, 
you become a little bit more familiar with a lot of the best practices and can look back on your code and not cringe so hard <laughs> at some of the things you were doing. Um, but also just learning that, um, I feel like um, it took me a little bit longer to kind of see, to kind of get a better idea of how object-oriented development works outside of Salesforce um, starting so early with development, mostly primarily in Salesforce. So uh, what I mean by that is if, um, if you have a better foundation of with just traditional object-oriented development outside of Salesforce and then learning Salesforce and database type development, then you can bring the two together a little bit more uh, quickly and easily, I feel like, and have a better foundation for each of those individually. Okay. So let's fast forward to modern times of what you're working on now. Cause I know, I know your story, but you are called upon to do some pretty complex things on the Salesforce platform, but also have to deal with other systems as well. So can you speak to uh, at a very high level, don't get too in the weeds or too proprietary <laughs> in this answer, but can you talk about some of the uh, scenarios you've been tasked with that have called upon things outside of Salesforce and how that integrates with Salesforce as well? Yeah, so I've, I've done a lot with um, reaching out to external services from Salesforce. So doing a lot with um, just different types of integration development. And uh, I, one of the earliest examples is uh, helping you out with getting uh, some of you're getting uh, a system up to where we can keep track of your sales and reviews and students and things like that. So getting that integration set up so you don't have to think about that and then you can report and dashboard off that as needed. Um, and then I've done some other things with um, doing some different uh, metadata API type projects with Python and doing those kind of externally to call different Salesforce orgs. And, um, and then as far as what I'm working on right now, I know I'm, I'm working on a project where we're trying to integrate with an on-premise database and get to where uh, the users can access that from within Salesforce. So that's something that we're working on right now. Okay. Yeah, I know that you've worked on a lot of different things. and I had kind of forgotten about some of your early work with some of the needs that arose from my uh, getting into Salesforce training. And so the integrations were with specifically the Udemy platform. I know that they had an API that would hook in for their ratings and reviews, which was something that I followed very closely early on. Um, and it just grew and, and the scale got to where I wasn't able to keep up with it all. But early on, that was very instrumental. And I think my success is the work that you did behind the scenes. I think it's important for people to realize that as well. But then a lot of times, the way that I find that people can gain experience is just by going out there and trying something new and then figuring out some specific use case that they have to tackle. So mm -hmm. I, you know, it was kind of interesting watching your own development and your own career because you were kind of for a time, kind of my secret weapon and behind the scenes and no one knew about you. <laughs> but I yeah. remember whenever you started landing your own jobs as far as on your own skills and ability, and can you talk more about what that experience was like as far as interviewing, building out a resume, 
uh, as a young person without college, um, and I guess I should say as well that as we were approaching your high school graduation time, we decided to explore kind of collectively doing a gap year and seeing how it shook out for you. And I think it shook out very nicely. Um, and I think you would probably agree with that. But um, the idea of, of talking to you is not so much, hey, here's my Quiller son, Anthony, but more, what were some of the challenges that you faced as a young person without a college experience, without a lot of business experience in getting people to trust that you do have the experience, you do have the ability. Uh, what were some of those challenges? How did you ever overcome those? So my first gig, actually, um, the one that I started with you um, was a little bit, uh, I guess you could say easier to get because I kind of had you vouching for me and helping me get my foot in the door. Um, and uh, that contract lasted for a year and a half and that was all fine and dandy. But then the when that all wrapped up and they were kind of wrapping up all their Salesforce projects, um, it was probably a four month or so gap before I was able to get another contract. And I believe I was, I think it was 19 at the time, maybe. Um, yeah. So um, there was, it was um, a little bit more of a challenge go, uh, going off on my own and trying to convince people that I could still do uh, the development that they wanted and, Companies are often looking for two different types of developers sometimes. Sometimes companies are wanting someone who is a more of an overall architectural type mind and uh, knows how to uh, consult a little bit more and provide different options for solutions and able to kind of step up and say when something can be done better and all that. And then sometimes they already have that role fulfilled and they just need someone to just come in and code and do as they're asked. So um, early on, I, I didn't know it at the time, but that's kind of more of the role I was looking for. And then I eventually did end up finding uh, uh, a few months after my first gig. I was with that gig for a couple months and worked with several other contract developers doing some work. And then that one ended up going away because that company ended up going with a consulting company instead of hiring on a bunch of contractors. And then worked as a, another on another contract job for a year um, and a little bit more of a uh, developer slash consulting slash architectural type role. Um, not that I had gotten a little bit more experience under my belt and was able to speak a little bit more to some of the best practices and, um, and uh, recommend different types of Salesforce solutions based on the business needs. So this went on for a while, kind of jumping from contract to contract. And then finally, um, I'm currently with my um, first real full-time role. I'd kind of had some minor, uh, I, I kind of had one other full-time role that I was a part of that didn't last very long and they ended up not really needing a, a full-time developer, it turned out. But uh, my first real full-time role as a real legitimate developer, I'm and I'm kind of not to the point where I have enough experience where I'm able to um, provide uh, legitimate, um, I guess, expertise, if you will, on um, different development solutions and kind of gauging um, different business needs and planning that out. And it's, it's definitely come in handy with this role. With this role, it's I'm taking one Salesforce org with a bunch of business units and splitting them up into multiple business units it, it, uh, 
splitting them up into multiple Salesforce orgs where each business unit has their own Salesforce org. So it's definitely something where I'm having to assess the product that they have in place right now and assess where they need to be and be able to take it apart and utilize um, all the tools that Salesforce provides to make it as long-term of a solution as possible and make sure I'm, you know, documenting everything thoroughly and using everything that Salesforce provides and trying to make it as uh, easily configurable in the future long-term as possible. Cause that's the problem was they, they had all these business units coming in together and they were stepping on each other's toes and they couldn't get um, different things done because some because there was a certain something set up for one business unit that um, would interfere with uh, the other business unit and they couldn't take that away because it was a actual requirement for this first business unit. Um, so just trying to make sure that long term in the future that this doesn't become an issue has been kind of the main focus and um, just really getting in there and um, meeting with the different business units and teams trying to make sure that everything is uh, exactly how they want it, but also really assessing different asks and seeing what their viability is long-term for the business and how it will affect the Salesforce org moving forward into the future. Irrelevant is sponsored by MyQuillerMediaPlus.com. You'll find all of my courses on my platform, so just go to MyQuillerMediaPlus.com. You'll also find exclusive content there, such as my brand new Salesforce Certified Administrator course for 2021. It's bigger and better than ever and available nowhere else. Simply go to MyQuillerMediaPlus.com and sign up for a seven-day free trial today. You'll find dozens of courses and hundreds of hours of in-depth video training content. Also, be sure to download our mobile apps for iOS and Android. Just search for MyQuiller Media Plus on your favorite app store, and you'll find us there too. Awesome. So I know, you know, when you started out, your first uh, gig that you had where you were known uh, was with the pharmaceutical company. Because that was a project that we worked on together. I was with this company as a contractor for about six months. And then at some point, an instant message came in asking if you were available because I had started to tout your abilities. And so we actually landed that for you through instant message. So that one did, uh, you know, I guess come easily, but you've definitely grown in your abilities. And I think as well, and this is universal across those that start out younger without the business experience is that you can learn the concepts, you can gain the certifications, but really understanding the business processes is something that you've got to just get in there and learn uh, on the mm -hmm. job. And so for some of those other contract positions, and there were some gaps there, but I think that in the end, looking back, it was a good experience because you, from what I know of your journey, I know that there were times I remember hearing about you working with CPQ type things at times as far as configure price quote. Uh, what were some mm -hmm. of the other industries that you've worked in besides healthcare? So one of the other companies I had a contract for was for a pretty big aerospace company that um, had a bunch of uh, support cloud um, uh, functionality that they had set up that I helped uh, configure for them. Um, I also worked for a, a sales company in uh, Nashville that um, 
was a bit smaller. And this is the company I mentioned earlier that ended up not really needing a full-time developer, but helps them get some kind of just uh, get a little bit more automation and configuration in there for them so they could get some more, just kind of keep their sales process going and keep just on the ball. Okay, so knowing your story a little bit and refreshing my memory by looking at your LinkedIn profile, uh, I know that in addition to pharmaceutical and healthcare, you've uh, dealt with aerospace, you've dealt with some manufacturing companies, government contracts, and so that's given you a wealth of and a breadth of experience on the platform, both sales and service cloud. But rewinding a little bit to when you were first pursuing that first certification, uh, what was that experience like? And what was that first certification for you? Yeah, so I first got certified on the uh, original Dev 401, which is now the Platform App Builder certification. Um, that... Uh, you mentioned earlier that I was uh, taking a gap year. So that first uh, summer after graduating, I pretty much spent the whole summer just studying for this certification and uh, different, um, just studying different Salesforce functionality and things like that and trying to get my head around the platform and how it would work in a business. So um, the I remember finally taking the test in, um, to in um, September of 2015 and uh, failing it the first time and then uh, taking it three days later and passing. And I remember when we, I failed it the first time, we did the, a big brain dump on the whiteboard and, there, and I was, uh, I didn't think I remember, would remember very many questions and he kept asking me questions and I'd be like, okay, uh, oh yeah, I remember that. There was and I think we remembered, I was able to remember like 40 out of the 60 questions or something, yep. something crazy. I really did not realize how much I would remember, but yeah, we, it was like 11 at night and I just wanted to go to bed, but, um, but yeah, but we got it done. And then, and then the whole next three days, I just kept looking those specific questions up that we had written down and trying to find the solution to those and a lot of them ended up coming back up in the second round and I think that's definitely what allowed me to be able to pass it the second time. Right. Yeah, I remember when you failed the first time and I failed with my first exam as well and that whole idea of a brain dump and I've talked about this in some of my classes and some of my webinars uh, so I won't go into all that right now but I knew that you didn't want to do it but in the end I wish we would have recorded that session because there was so much coming <laughs> out of your brain that you could remember. And I remember just off of the top of my head asking you, was there anything about this? Was there anything about that? And then we looked at the exam guide. And at that time at our previous home, back when you lived with us, uh, I had a home mm -hmm. office there and had a large marker board. And we did just fill that up with content then to go and refresh the memory and to go and investigate further and study and prepare. So you passed the second time. And I remember that was during that time where I think that certification was getting ready to be retired. And so I really was pushing you to get that certification because it had the word <laughs> developer in it, you know, and then the ultimate goal, yeah. I think for you, because you are so technical and so gifted with coding as well, the ultimate goal became uh, attaining the developer one certification. So can you talk a little bit about your studies towards attaining that certification and uh, where that fell into place? Yeah, so um, 
in order to get that, I had to trans, I think, do you have to, I don't remember if you need platform app builder as a prereq to no. dev one. You do not no. anyway. Um, I, I still wanted to transition that before and I don't, I think I waited too long. I waited until like January, 2017. So now if you look back at my, uh, if you try to verify my certifications, it says I've been certified since January, 2017 instead of 2015. But anywho, um, the, I, I remember, um, just wanting to wait as long as I could to take the dev one. I didn't think I would be able to, I, I, I was really overestimating how difficult it would be. I kept pushing it off and pushing it off and um, kept, uh, I, I, I study, I would study, but I would also just like see one or two questions while I was studying and be like, uh, I don't know if I can, if I'm ready to take this yet. And so I finally took it, I believe in May of uh, 2016, right as, um, no, sorry, 2017, um, right as that first contract job was coming to a close. So it was good. It kind of helped uh, get me to where I'm like, okay, I need to just hurry and take this. So I scheduled that. And then had, I remember it was our, our last day where we turned our laptops in uh, at like noon or something. And then I took the test that afternoon and then it was like, Oh, this is a lot easier than I thought it was going to, cause I really overprepared for it. And so I got, I just, I got it. And I don't, I, I think I did a little bit of a brain dump, but not as much. <laughs> right. Cause you got, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were trying to do a brain dump for your old man to help me out, you know, so <laughs> I get it. I get it. All right. So, so you had the, the old force.com developer certification, you attained developer one in some point in there. You and the platform app builder. Platform yeah. app builder. And then I guess the big kahuna for you or the big challenge up to, until recently was probably getting the dev two. So for yeah. those coding people that want to really uh, bite off a lot, what was it like to attain the developer two certification for you? Yeah. So um, the, my strategy for the dev two was cause you need to, they, they um, require you to get four trailhead super badges and take the written exam. And honestly, I think that just ended up making it a little bit easier just because you, I just treated the super badges as studying. So I, instead of doing a ton of traditional studying, I just worked, I just created my own trailhead trail, got all the, lined up all the individual badges up to the super badges, and then just did all those right in a row. Um, some of those super badges weren't super, weren't really easy. Um, some of the lightning component ones, um, were the super badge parts were a little bit of a challenge as far as getting all the of all the different components and a page to work together and everything um but yeah that that definitely helps leading up to it and then i took a couple practice exams and then uh just went ahead and took it and i believe i failed the first time and then i think same story i took it like a couple days or a week later and i was able to pass it the second time i, I can't remember i think i did a bit of a brain dump after this one too and just tried to study everything that I could that I didn't pass the first time and I got it the second time. So. And that was for the multiple choice exam then yeah. for Dev2. That's yeah. all the the super badges are all those are open books. So I guess you could cheat on those, but don't because it's not because <laughs> then you right. won't pass the exam. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think they I think they built it that way so that they would take you across the knowledge that you need to know for the uh, multiple choice stuff. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you would recommend for those wanting to do the dev two 
to do those super badges first and then the uh, multiple choice? Or do you have to do it that way? Do you have to have the super badges before you can do the multiple choice or could you do the inverse? You could do either one. Um, yeah, I, the other reason I would recommend doing the super badges first is because you could pass the multiple choice and be like, yeah, I did it. And you're like, oh, I just got to do uh, like the, it's more climactic if you do the exam last. So. <laughs> That's good advice. I like that. Yeah. All right. So, um, all right. So you're now, I got to do the math because I have so many kids. I should know this. You're 23 years old. Is that okay if I share that publicly? I'm 50. So, you know, you're much younger than me. <laughs> but um, so you're, you've been at this now, I guess, legitimate, legitimately about five years, you know, and um how do you feel as far as the decision to go this route to forego college and to just dive in and go for it as a Salesforce developer? Yeah, I um, have no regrets. <laughs> this is a, it's, there, there have been times, especially during, um, while I was a contractor where there were some days of just kind of not feeling like I had a lot to do or, um, or just feel, feeling like I'm just kind of floating around or whatever. Um, but even those days I would still, there, there would be times where I could go, Oh, okay, well, I'm just going to put my, put that extra time or knowledge into learning more or um, just, uh, or look, seeing where I lack so I can become more marketable and get a, uh, just that much better of a job. And the job I have currently, I would say I have none of those issues at all. I, I, it's being a full-time a developer um, uh, for a healthcare company with a lot, all this work that they have lined up for me. It's um, even when they don't have any immediate needs, there's something else I can find to take care of, whether it just be with my process and how I'm developing and making sure that I have all my projects set up correctly and everything so that it can, everything can be done more efficiently or just uh, planning for future builds and things like that. So it's, been been good <laughs> all right awesome all right so i know that uh looking back on my own i guess course building career and creating courses related to salesforce first one that we released was around the administrator certification and then the next course that i created was platform app builder you're listed as one of the co-instructors of that because you helped in building some of the back-end things and specifically if i remember correctly because it's been a few years now but uh, you helped with the design and the layout of an imdb clone app that's internet movie database for those less initiated in not knowing what that is <laughs> and uh, so that was your really your first exposure with building a course uh, related to salesforce and then since then, uh, could you talk about your recent course release, what that is, and any other courses you have planned for the future? Yeah, so I have released a intro to Salesforce DX and VS Code course. Um, I will be updating this course, hopefully in the next couple months, uh, to give a little more context around um, kind of why give a little more emphasis and context around why Salesforce DX is kind of a superior way to do Salesforce development rather than just doing it all completely org based, doing it more in a project based offline capacity and then just applying it to your different environments from there. Um, but yeah, so the, the 
version one, I guess, of that is out now, if you guys really want to get your feet wet with that. Um, uh, version two, hopefully, will be coming out later this year. And then hopefully, we can be working on dev one at some point soon together. Yes. So we'll <laughs> see how that goes. Yeah, a lot or of living statement. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, don't make any future don't make any, any, purchasing don't make decisions. any purchase decisions based on future looking statements. So yeah. there has been a lot of requests for developer related courses. And, um, and so and I've seen some growing interest in Salesforce DX, uh, kind of behind the scenes, some of the analytics that I've done, some of the certain individuals in the ecosystem that have recently enrolled in your course specifically, that kind of caught my attention. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> so uh, with that said, Regardless of if you're a coder or not, a developer or more a consultant or business analyst, you know, my view of where I sit, especially now with quarantine, stay-at-home measures, COVID-19, all of that, and I recently spoke about this in an interview that I did with someone else, a podcast where I appeared there. So we need to be looking for what is attainable and what is essential. Where is that intersection in finding our own space? And so, Anthony, you've done a great job in learning how to create and doing that through code. And so I want to commend you for just the great job that you're doing in life. You're crushing it. And, uh, and of course, I'm proud as a father, but also uh, just <laughs> cheering you on at all times. And just you've, um, you've always been one to, I guess, put into practice the direction that you're given and you've seen that that is borne out in good results as well. And so what, um, what is next for you? You talked about some of the courses you hope to put out. Um, any other aspirations, goals, certifications, things you want to learn, Salesforce or not? So, yeah, definitely wanting to hopefully get those courses out soon. Um, definitely wanting to the company I'm with now hoping to kind of stay there and hopefully grow within it and be a little bit more, uh, hopefully grow into more of a lead type developer one day. So maybe uh, uh, doing uh, something like that in some sort of capacity. Um, I do have a kind of app exchange idea that I'm kind of working on. So hopefully can get that out soon at some point, maybe Just kind of trying to, fit in a little time here and there as I have free time on that. Um, and yeah, that's kind of it. I guess the ultimate dream would be just like consulting company, but um, we'll, we'll see if that's even feasible down the line. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy with where I'm at. If not. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Anthony. Um, not sure how to sign off with this, but I love you. <laughs> love you too. <laughs> Couldn't done without you. So if you could please do this new podcaster a solid, please share this podcast with others. I also want to hear your voice. Please do reach out to me. I want to include the voices of my listeners. If you have any questions, leave that in a voice message. You may be featured in a future episode. And please subscribe, share, spread the word about you relevant. And together we'll help you and others find relevance in the economy of now. Thanks. Thanks.